0: Amen. All right, then. Now, as we get ready for tonight's message, see, tonight's message, we're going to have Danny as, you both are going to have a King James, and on and off, each person will take their turn reading the King James when we come to a verse or text. But at the same time, Danny's going to be our SDA book reader to see what their viewpoint is on a scripture. And Ruthie will be our JW book reader to see what their viewpoint is on the same scripture because tonight's message deals not only with these two cults but many others. Has a common bond in them. But first, let us bow for a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, tonight we're about to do a subject, Lord, that you very seldom heard preached. In fact, non-existent in Bible-believing churches. But in fact, Lord, they practice a form of this, and they don't even realize it. They practice a form of just what the cults preach, but for a whole different reason. And Lord, we need to know what the Bible has to say. Rather than what man has to say, we need to know what the Bible has to say. But at the same time, we need to know what these other cults teach so we could see how people have gotten so messed up and screwed up, Lord. Lord, we ask right now that you would reach in, Lord, and show us from your word the truth on this very important, valuable topic. We thank you, Lord. We ask now, Lord, that you would just help now. Bless, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Tonight, the subject I want to talk about is the shunning, Bible fact or fiction. The shunning, Bible fact or fiction. Okay? The reason I want to talk about the shunning, there are a lot of groups that practice this. And what is so crazy is If I would walk up to a JW or an SDA and say, Is it biblical to shun somebody because their hat brim is a quarter inch too big? The SDA or JW would say, No, that ain't biblical. I'd say, Well, if I had one too many shiny buckles on my horse's bridle, is that something worth being shunned for? They'd say no. If I'd walk up to a JW or SDA or one of these other groups and say, well, if, if you know, well, uh, I happen to ride in a car with chrome on the windows or, 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 or around the windows or on the bumpers or something, if it had chrome, is that a sin that I should be shunned for? They'd say No. Well, J.W., well, S.D.A., well, Mormon, excuse me, before you judge the Amish in their shunning practice, you need to take a look at your own. You shun people for so, some of the same stupidest reasons. Yes as the Amish can do. And what's worse is, hello, you Bible believers. You're the ones that go complaining about all the group's shunning practices. But let me tell you something. When just because someone walks out the door and decides a fellowship at another church, you shun them because they went to another church, you're just as guilty. Yes. Hello? I'll say that again. I don't think they got it. When you shun somebody just because they go to another church and fellowship at another church, you're just as guilty as that Amish bishop shunning somebody for riding in a car with shiny bumpers. You're just as guilty. And Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 to 5, that you're not supposed to be judging others unless you plan to be judged by that same standard. With what measure you meet, it's going to be measured you again. And so while you're beholding the moat that's in the Amishman's eyes, you better look at the beam that's in your own. Amen! You can't tell the Amish bishop to pluck that little speck of sawdust of shunning out of his eyeball for the way he shuns people when you're over there shunning for just as wicked a reason. Because when you're shunning for somebody for going to a different church, <laughs> that's more stupid than the Amish men shunning, the Amish bishop shunning somebody because they just went and had sh- rode in a car with shiny bumpers, even if it was an emergency. Amen. <laughs> Come on, amen. That's the truth. Now, see the reason I want to bring up the shunning, and I talk about Amish. But at the same time, I'm talking about JWs and Mormons and SDAs. They all do the same thing. They all practice shunning. Yes. Every cult group practices shunning, and the main reason they practice it is to encourage people to stay in the group by the threat of shunning. That's what shunning is all about. If they can make you feel in terror of leaving the group because you won't be able to talk to your family, in terror of losing the ability to communicate with your children, feeling terror that you'll be losing the ability to talk to your friends, that you won't be able to do any kind of business acquaintance with anybody or whatnot, the next thing you know, you're afraid so you're more likely to stick with the group's rules and their traditions more than you and are God's word.
1: Shamey, shamey,
0: shamey. I knew that was coming. <laughs> Amen. And that's the truth. That's the truth. Shamey, shamey, shamey. So let's take a look now. As I said, the shunning. It, more or less, I'm asking the question: Bible fact or fiction? Is it a Bible fact that we should shun people, or is it fiction? And if it is fact, to what extent? And if it's fiction, why did it become that way? So let's take a look. Ruthie, our first scripture is in Matthew 18, 15 to 18. We're going to have, now here's how we're going to do this. Open your Bibles to the King James. Matthew 18, 15 through 18 is what you said, right, Ruthie? And then you're going to also open, each of you, your respective cult versions. We're going to have, first, we're going to see what the real steak and potatoes has to say on this subject.
1: Matthew 18, what?
0: 15 through 18.
1: Okay, I got
0: it. And we're going to let Danny start tonight reading this section out of the King James. And then just, as soon as you're done, hold on a second, Danny, and then you're going to see what we're going to do from there. Okay? Just read the King James version of this.
1: Okay? Okay, just a second here, and we do this. Is, <clears throat> this is a whole context. So, as you know, we must read scriptures in their context: SDAs, JWs, Mormons, and others. Amen. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 18, verses 15 through 18. Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. If he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more, that in in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And if he shall neglect to hear them, Tell it unto the church, but if he neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee as a heathen man and a publican. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever ye shall lose on earth shall be loosed in heaven.
0: Okay, now... We find the King James gives us a procedure here, a procedure that could, could in its rightful end, if a person is too stubborn to repent, could result in a shunning. So obviously right from the go, the Bible does teach a shunning. But how do we get there? Well, first, before we get into actually preaching on this, now, we're going to start with Ruthie. You're going to be our JW person right now, and you're going to read the same text from the nasty witch's toilet, and we're going to see what the JW version has to say. And as soon as she's done, Danny, we're going to hear it from the what the SDAs had to say on it.
2: Moreover, if your brother commits a sin... Go lay bare his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. But if he does not listen, take along with you one or two more, in order that at the mouth of two or three witnesses every matter may be established. If he does not listen to them, speak to the congregation. If he does not listen even to the congregation, let him be to you just as a man of the nations and as a tax collector. Truly I say unto you men, Whatsoever... Or whatever things you may bind on earth will be things bound in heaven. And whatever things you may loose on earth will be things loose in heaven. Okay.
1: <clears throat> SDA's dirty toilet water version. Oh, you're, you're not going to believe this. In practice, this means that if a fellow believer does something to hurt you, you should go and talk with him no matter how painful that may be. And if the two of you can come in, a, in, a, in, a, in to an understanding, you're brothers again. But if he won't listen to you, then ask two other believers to go with you so that whatsoever the two of you talk about can be verified. If he refuses to listen to all of you, take the matter to the church. If he doesn't listen to the church, then treat him as one who needs to be brought back to the Lord. People generally have enough common sense to determine what is right and wrong, and so do you. You know what behavior heaven approves and what behavior it doesn't approve.
0: (laughs) The last part of that, they totally twist that. You see that? No. The whole point that Jesus made was in that last set of verses. What you bind on earth, now this is not talking about... Oh, I bind this in the name of Jesus, like the charismatics. No, this is saying what you bind, as far as sin-wise, you bind that sin in heaven. What you loose here is what will be loosed in heaven. Basically, what you're saying is okay down here should be what you should be able to say is okay up there. More or less, the simplest term is, if you loose a brother from a fault down here, You're loosing him for eternity. So when you are able to forgive him down here, you're able to forgive him up there. When you can't forgive him down here, you sure enough ain't going to be able to do much forgiving up there because it will be too late. Now, do you notice something awful funny? In both situations, now the SDAs, my goodness, help me, them boys got that so twisted up that I, I couldn't even preach using that. Yuck. But it's still basically got... Uh, oh, uh, bring it so it's an understanding. No, 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 no. If he repents, SDAs. Yes. Mean, when he, uh, uh, Repents means he confesses it and turns away from that sin. They didn't want to use the word repent because they don't know nothing about it. Amen? But now... For you JWs, take a look at your own Bible and read it. First off, I don't see any committee. Secondly, I don't hear of any spies there. All I hear of, it says, first, when you have a fault, when something's wrong between you and your brother, you go to him privately. Here's the procedure. You go to him privately. If he repents and gets it right, It's a done deal. Forgive him. Drop it. Yes. If he don't repent, then go get you a couple of brothers. Hello, JWs. You miss this step, don't you? You get a couple of brothers, so in the mouth of those couple of witnesses, everything can be established. If he hears you and repents, you forget it, you drop it. Hello, it's still an opportunity for that man to repent then. If, and, excuse me, there's no proving, hello JWs, there's no proving, hello Amish, hello cults, there's no proving after the person repents. You're supposed to just forgive them and drop it. Hello? Even some of these so-called Bible churches. Hello, people. When someone repents, you don't hold it over their head. You're supposed to drop it and move on.
1: Right, right.
0: So it says that the second time, if you bring some witnesses, if he repents, okay, drop it. But if he don't, then you take and finally go to the third step and then take it to the church. More or less, you've heard in baseball, three strikes, you're out. Here comes your third strike. The first strike was you went to him privately. He didn't repent. The second time he took some witnesses, strike two. Now the third time he's got a shot at swinging at the ball of repentance one more time. That is in front of the church. If he strikes out and says, I'm not going to swing at the ball, and the ball goes sizzling right over the plate right down his alley, and he misses it, and he strikes out, guess what? His own fault. He had a chance. Three chances to repent. Then it says you treat him as a heathen and a publican, but wait a minute. Excuse me. Anybody want to tell me what Jesus did with publicans and tax collectors? Did he never talk to them? No. Uh, The way Jesus taught at all. uh, Excuse me, then would you uh, please explain to me who this book was written by? Hello, JWs. Hello, SDAs. Uh, Would you please explain to me who was the book of Matthew written by? Matthew. And who was Matthew? Tax collector. He He ended up as a disciple of Jesus because he got saved. So this Bible is not saying you got to never talk to a person. That isn't what this says. It's saying that you should love the sinner but hate the sin
1: right.
0: <laughs> Hello. Okay. So now we took care of Matthew's scripture here. Now, Ruthie, we got next. Romans, Romans chapter 16, verses 17, 18. Now, Ruthie's going to read to King James first. Just the King James of that. Now, Danny, you get your... Um, dirty toilet water to that place, and Ruth will get the nasty witch's toilet there. But first, she's just going to read the King James for a second here. Now, everybody's going to know, right from this text of Scripture, shunning is definitely a Bible fact. But we need to point out some stuff here. Amen. 16. Romans 16. Okay. Verses 17 and 18. Okay. Okay? Now, Ruthie, KJV first by itself.
2: Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned, and avoid them. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by good words and fair spee- speeches deci- deceive the hearts of the simple.
0: Woo-hoo-hoo. I know somebody who sounds like that verse. Amen. Okay, now, Danny, we're going to switch around here. You're going to go ahead with the S.D.A. view of it. 16 and 17, right? No, 17, 18. Chapter 16, verses
1: 17, 18. I gotcha. I beg you, my brothers, watch out for those who criticize and create problems and oppose the basic doctrines you've been taught. It is best for you to avoid them. These kinds of people are not really serving the Lord Jesus Christ, but are serving their own interests. They speak kindly and acceptably to everyone and go around deceiving members who haven't had a chance to study as much as they have.
0: Oh, get, ugh. Anyone got a bucket? Police. I'm headed for the toilet here. God. Ugh. Someone, uh, that must have came up. bad. I mean, come on, where did that come out of, the privy? Here, Ruth, you better read the other one. The nasty witch's toilet here is what it says.
2: Actually, I'm almost afraid to read it. Okay, it says, Okay, now I exhort you, brothers, to keep your eye on those who cause divisions and occasions for stumbling, contrary to the teaching that you have learned and avoid them. For men of that sort are slaves, not of our Lord Christ, but of their own bellies, and by smooth talk and complimentary speech, they seduce the hearts of the guileless ones.
0: Well, hello, JWs. Your own Bible described you. Yeah, they even said that he mentioned Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like but look here, boys. You, you yourselves know that you use fair speeches. Yeah. Amen. And try to deceive the, those that are unlearned in their Bible. Well, come around here, you're going to find out who's learned in their Bible. (laughs) Amen. Because we'll take your own uh, silly garbage book and uh, wrap you with it. But the fact is, do you see what it's saying here? Even in these two cults, oh, they would love this set of scriptures because it, once again, even in these texts of the cults, bear out shunning. So far, we now know that the King James does back up shunning and it says for what reason? Right here it tells you one of the reasons. It says, basically, for those who, according to the Roman scripture, it says mark those that cause division. Division. But we need to know how they're causing division.
1: Well, even, the, even the nasty witch's toilet didn't have it so bad.
0: Right. Well, one of the ways they cause division is it's explained in verse 18. It says by their fair speeches that they're trying to deceive the hearts of the simple. So that's one of the ones. So that's point number one. But now, wait a minute. If you saw somebody in a church ca- trying to do such a thing, what is the procedure? Matthew chapter 18. Well, according to Matthew 18, you just snub your nose and walk the other direction, right? No. First is you're supposed to go to him. Then if you won't listen, take a couple witnesses. Then if you won't listen to them, then go to the church. And if you won't listen to the church, then stick your nose in the air. But even then, you're not supposed to treat him like a dog. Amen. The Bible has a better method than that. All right. Now, our next scripture, Ruthie, is going to take us to... 1 Corinthians chapter 5, nine to, 9 to 13, and Danny will be our KJV reader for this section tonight. First, so we're going to read first the King James of it, and then we're going to look into the cult versions. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, what was that again? 9 to 13. 9 through 13. 1 Corinthians 5, 9 to 13. <clears throat>
1: I wrote unto you in in an epistle, not to company with fornicators, yet altogether with the fornicators of of this world, or with the covetous, or extortioners, or with idolaters, for then must ye needs go out of the world. But now I have written unto you not to keep company of any man that is called a brother, be a fornicator or covetous, or an idolater, or a railer, or a drunkard, or an extortioner. With such a one know not to eat, Or what have I to do to judge them also that are without? Do not, ye judge, them that are within. But them that are without, God judges, therefore, put away from it among yourselves that wicked person.
0: Now... We do notice something here, and it also speaks, and nobody ever catches this, it talks about the common meal of the church. It's right in there, okay? And we're going to point that out after, uh, as soon as we're done here. We're going to talk about the church common meal, but at the same time, we're going to talk about what this scripture has to say. But first, now let's take a look at it. First, we're going to have Ruth read the nasty witch's toilet. See what the JWs have to say about this. Then, of course, the SDA. All right? Ruthie.
2: In my letter, I wrote you to quit mixing in company with fornicators, not meaning entirely with the fornicators of this world or the greedy persons, and extortioners or idolaters. Otherwise, you would actually have to get out of the world. But now, I'm writing you to quit mixing in company with anyone called a brother that is a fornicator or a greedy person or an idolater or a viler or a drunkard or an extortioner not even eating with such a man. For what do I have to do with judging those outside? Do you not judge these inside? While God judges those outside, remove the wicked man from among yourselves.
0: All right. Now, Danny, would you give us the SDA version of this? I'm afraid right. to hear it, but we'll have to. Yes. Get the bucket.
1: I, I don't know. You're going to need a bucket after you hear this. <laughs> right. I wrote to you previously reminding you not to fraternize with people who live so blatantly in open sin. I'm not talking about non-members because if you stay away from idolaters or envious people or those who are greedy or who put other interests before God... Then you had better live on another planet Then I wrote to you before I told you not to fraternize with a church member who claims to be a believer when he's having sex with his stepmother and applies to members that are immoral, greedy, idol worshippers, slanderers, drunkards, and thieves. Don't even eat with such members or the community will get the idea that it's all right If your people do these things, you have no business judging people. You are not members, but as a church, you do have a responsibility to discipline someone in your own group who acts like this and yet openly claims to be a follower of Christ. God is responsible for non-members, but you're responsible for members and are expected to discipline those of your group who are Disgracing
0: Christ, and they left 14 and 15 out. God help us.
1: Oh, that that is the worst. I mean, ugh.
0: Take away from God's word, you reprobates. But now, see the Amish, here is where the Amish, see, unlike JWs and the Mormons and the SDAs, now the SDAs are possible on this because they have their church eat meeting and and after they eat every Saturday. Mm-hmm. But the whole point is, the Amish—they have a, a fellowship dinner, if you will. We're just going to call it what we know it to be. Yeah. They call it their common meal, yes. which, which in this church we call it a common meal. But the only difference is that's because it's for yeah. the church members. No. But the whole point is, the Amish have their common meal after their church service. And in the Amish church, if you're under the shunning, and you need to take a look at this, it says you're not supposed to eat with such and one. That's right. So they refuse to let that person to be at the table at the common meal. Which, But then they go further, which the Bible did not say. They don't talk to them. We're going to get to that eventually tonight about the talking to the shunned one. But the fact is, it does state here you're not supposed to eat with them. Unfortunately, it did not say to shun somebody and not eat with them because they drove in a car with shiny bumpers. It didn't say you couldn't ride with them because they had one too many shiny buckles on their uh, horse bridle. It didn't say you couldn't uh, eat with somebody just because their hat brim is a quarter inch bigger than yours. Or she got buttons on her dress. You're right, Ruthie. Or or just because, well, uh, he he didn't go out in enough field service duty for the witch tower. Amen. So, hello, JWs and all the rest of you. This verse is very clearly stating has nothing to do with whether your sister went to work for the military. If she went into a, a place where the military is and she ended up as just a cleaning lady on the base, okay, or in one of their thrift shops, that's no reason to shun somebody. In fact, Paul tells us in an eventual one of our scriptures tonight, it says you're supposed to work. Amen? He said you're supposed to work, and if you don't work, you don't eat. But God didn't tell us to shun and never talk to people or to not eat with them over stupid stuff like this. He gave us a list here. We already found in Romans one of those things is when a person walks disorderly among you, causing division. And here are some of the other divisions. He says if they're fornicator, idolater, a drunkard, a railer, it gives you a list right here of what they must be. These are people that are living a lifestyle that totally Christ has set forth in His Word as wrong. He didn't say nothing about hat brims. Didn't say nothing about shiny bumpers. Didn't say nothing about hooks and eyes and all that silly goofball stuff or where they work. Just so long as they're not in the sin. I could work in a cigarette factory, but as long as I'm not picking the dumb things up and making a mockery of Christ's name, there ain't a thing wrong with that. As long as I'm making an honest living with my hands, God ain't got a problem with it. If I'm working at a booze factory because it's the only place in town that I could work without having to go 800 miles out of my city to go to get a job, hey, if that's all the job is that I've got, God ain't gonna get after me for that job. I don't think He would kill me or shun, or, or, or put me in hell for that. But they want to treat you like you're going to hell just because you did that. Amen. And hello, you uh, co- uh, you Baptist churches too. Yes. Stick your nose at people just because they leave. Uh, they didn't qualify under any of these categories. They could be a person who's living for God and hasn't done one single one of these on the list and is living for God, trying to struggle to serve Jesus, and you still stick your nose up and don't say a word to Him. You're just as guilty as those other cult groups. Amen. So you ain't got no reason to open your pie hole. Amen, amen, amen. Now, Ruthie, before I go on preaching on that too long, our next one is, I believe, in 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy Chapter 5 19, 19 to 21 and this time we're going to have Danny read it from the KJV. Hey, amen. Danny.
1: First
0: Timothy, you said 5. First Timothy 5. 19 through, 21. 19 through 31. 20. 21. 19 to 21. Twenty five Matthew 5 1 Timothy 5 19 to 21.
1: Okay. Against an elder receive not an accusation, but before two or three witnesses, them that sin rebuke before all the others that may fear, I charge thee before God and the Lord Jesus Christ and the elect, angels that thou observe these things without preferring one before another, doing nothing by...
0: Now, hey, we get to actually see something here, don't we? Preachers aren't exempt. Amen. Hello, Bob. Amen. Come on, Ruthie. Now, let's see what the uh, witch tower has to say to us.
2: See how bad they tortured this. I don't know if I'll have to have a bucket, but we'll see. Okay, do not admit an accusation against an older man, except only on the evidence of two or three witnesses. Reprove before all onlookers persons who practice sin that the rest also may have fear I solemnly charge you before God in Christ Jesus and the chosen angels to keep those things without prejudgment Doing nothing according to a biased leaning and I also notice something interesting here They say Christ Jesus and the angels well, they they recognize. He's not an angel there (laughs)
0: Oh, thank you, Ruth. thank you, Thank you, thank <laughs> you. Not to mention, uh, hello, JWs, real quick from your own cult version. Uh, do you see how it said there? What did it say? It says you have to not receive an accusation against somebody unless you got enough witnesses, and then you're not supposed to do it of partiality. I mean. And and it doesn't say, but they sure enough made that one point in there to twist it so that, oh, wow, we could go ahead and uh, make make everybody's sins known in the church. You noticed it? Oh, please. Come on, Danny, what does the SDA's got to say about this?
1: This is the worst. I mean, you know, so far this is the worst. Don't listen to people who slander an elder unless you hear the same thing from two or three reliable witnesses. But if an elder does sin, and does so openly, his sin must be publicly rebuked, and the church should discipline him. Hopefully such discipline, lovingly done, will keep others from doing the same thing. I charge you before God, before the Lord Jesus Christ, and before all the holy angels that you carry out your responsibilities without favoring one person above another or doing anything that even looks like partiality.
0: Hello? But you know what? This time I had to give the SDAs one thing. They got the essence of that set of scriptures better than most of them. Outside of the King James. The King James got it best. But the whole point is they got the essence of it. At least they got it better than JWs. Yeah. What they're really saying, and it's truth. This is talking about how what you're supposed to do when you're accepting a, an accusation. When you hear something bad about the preacher... Hello, you're supposed to go check it out. Hello, little girl Shably. Before you accepted your railing accusations against me, you should have been, especially Pastor Bob, he should have been doing it with a couple of witnesses. Did he even do it God's way? No. No, he didn't. Boy, we ought to send him this sermon. He wouldn't like it, though. But the fact is, take a look at it. Not even God's way. The Bible says you're supposed to have two or three reliable witnesses and then verify everything. What you got there was you had the Shibley word against the Wolfgang word, and that really ain't no good. That's a, that's a minor argument. You needed some other witnesses, Shibley, before you went to Pastor Bob, and more to the point, you came to me, but you didn't get two or three witnesses to come to me before you went to Pastor Bob. Amen! Hey, man. Hello! So you didn't even follow the Bible yourself. Sorry, buzzard. Amen. All right. Now we're going to go to Thessalonians. Now we're going to really cover this shunning thing. We already know it's Bible fact. It does teach that in certain circumstances you're to shun people. Under certain circumstances that they're a sinner under the categories of idolater, railer, drunkard. Those things, that they're making fair speeches, trying to deceive people and slide them into sin. That's what the Bible's teaching. But now, what does it say about the real shunning? What are we supposed to do? We know that we are not supposed to eat with them. But let's cover the next issue, which is just as vitally important. Are we supposed to give them the silence treatment? Let's call it what it is, a silence treatment, all right? Danny, we're going to have you read for us the KJV, uh, I mean, no, it's Ruth Turner and K- James tonight, okay? Ruth, we're going to, what is it first? 2 Thessalonians, three. Second Thessalonians three. Six 3, 6 to 18. Danny, you get your SDA version ready of that. All
1: right. it is.
0: Okay. So Ruth, Second Thessalonians, you're gonna to ring the to King James, you get to read the good stuff for it once that we could get over your gagging over these other cult versions.
2: Here you go. I might be able to stay out of the bathroom. Okay. <laughs> okay, now we command you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye withdraw yourselves from every brother that walketh disorderly, and not after the tradition which he received of us. For yourselves know how ye ought to follow us. For we behaved not ourselves disorderly among you, neither did we eat any man's bread for naught, but wrought with labor and travail night and day that we might not be chargeable to any of you, not because we have not power, but to make ourselves an example unto you to follow us. For even when we were with you, this we commanded you, that if any would not work, neither should he eat. For we hear that there are some which walk among you disorderly, working not at all, but are busy bodies. Now them that are such we command and exhort by our Lord Jesus Christ that with quietness they work and eat their own bread. But ye, brethren, be not weary in well doing. and If any man wo- obey not our word, but this epistle, note that man and have no co- company with him, that he may be ashamed. Yet count him not as an enemy but admonish him as a brother. Now the Lord of peace himself give you peace always by all means. The Lord be with you all. Salutation of Paul with my own hand, which is a token in every epistle. So I write. The place of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen.
0: All right, Danny. Now, just before I have you start to read, I just want to point out something here. You notice? In the King James, what they're really talking about? The big thing he's talking about as I get into this, let's keep in mind he's talking about people that walk disorderly and the big thing is they're over there Well, then there goes every woman in the Amish church should be shunned. Amen! Because most of them, that's what they do. All right, come on, Danny. Okay. In the name of
1: the Lord Jesus Christ, or in the, oh, excuse me, in the name of the Lord Jesus, do not be influenced by those who sit around idly, showing in, no inc- inclination to work for a living. As we have taught you to do, you should know by now that it's better to follow our example than theirs. Did you ever see us sit around all day long doing nothing? We work day and night, making tents to support ourselves and shared the gospel with you without asking for a, for a penny. We didn't we didn't even eat anyone's food without praying for it. We wanted to give you an example to follow, even though we know we had a right to ask for your support. We told you that whoever sits around waiting for the Lord to come and refuses to work has no right to eat. I say to this again because I hear that some among you are not working, but are spending their time minding everybody's business except their own. They say that they. They say that. They say they are. are
0: <sighs> <laughs> I know it's hard to stomach, Danny, but keep going.
1: Yeah, they say they are working for the good of the church, but they're not. And on top of it, they. On top of it all, they expect you to feed them. By the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, I am asking those people to go to work, to earn a living, and to stop living off the church's funds. My brothers, don't get tired of doing good, but if anyone refuses to follow our instructions in this letter, notice it, and don't invite him to eat with you. Maybe he'll wake up and be ashamed of living off others. Now, don't go to the extreme and in this and treat him as an enemy but correct him as a brother and help him to do what's right may the lord of peace give one of you the
0: peace of heaven in everything you do the lord be with you all okay now ruthie
1: better in my own handwriting i simply want to say greetings from paul yeah this is how i end all my letters may the grace of our lord jesus christ be with you
2: all
0: Yeah. <laughs> But there's at least they hit one point good. Ruth, now you go to the nasty witch's toilet.
2: Now we are giving you orders, br- brothers, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to withdraw from every brother walking disorderly and not according to the tradition you receive from us. For you yourselves know the way you ought to imitate us because we did not behave disorderly among you, nor did we eat food from anyone free. To the contrary, by labor and toil, night and day, we were walking or working so as not to impose an expensive burden upon any one of you. Not that we do not have authority, but in order that we might offer ourselves an example to you to imitate us. In fact, also, when we were with you, we used to give you this order. If anyone does not want to work, neither let him eat. For we hear certain ones are walking disorderly among you, not working at all, but meddling with what does not concern them. To such persons we give the order and exhortation in the Lord Jesus Christ that by working with quietness they should eat food they themselves earn. For your part, brothers, do not give up in doing right. But if anyone is not obedient to our word through this letter, keep this one marked. Stop associating with him that he may become ashamed. And yet do not be considering him as an enemy, but continue admonishing him as a brother. Now may the Lord of peace come, himself give you peace constantly in every way. The Lord be with all of you. Here is my greeting. Paul's in my own hand, which is a sign in every letter. This is the way I write. The undeserved kindness of our Lord Jesus Christ be with all of you. <laughs>
0: God help us. Thank God we're almost done. Having to read these cult versions are really getting my stomach churning. But the fact is... (laughs) He said the worst one. Yeah, but we got one more to go. But the thing is, take a look here, JWs. Take a look here, SDAs and Mormons and you Amish folks. Take a look. When you go to war and you have an enemy, do you speak to the enemy? No. Then why is it that you treat somebody in the church as an enemy? Your shunning practice of never speaking to that person hoping to bring them back to repentance is just like you would treat the Russians. Just like you would treat the Japanese or any other other group of people that you're at war with, you don't speak to them. It says here you're supposed to treat them as a brother, not as an enemy. How do you treat your brother? You may not want to eat with a brother. I sure as the snot don't want to eat with mine. Because I don't want to watch the cockroaches play baseball on my sandwich. Okay? I won't eat with him, but I sure enough could still say hi when he's walking down the street. Yes. Big difference, boys. What am I trying to say? Just because the Bible tells you that there are certain people you should shun, and if you do need to shun them, you should, but, one, they have to fall into categories that are written in the Bible. That to be a railer, a drunkard, fornicator, those things that were written in Corinthians, and when you read here, it talks about people who are busy gossiping. Causing a bunch of division with their mouth. And here's how the division happens. It, it, it's a thing that divides their upper and lower lips called the tongue. That's in constant perpetual motion. You know, it's called clicks. It's up and down rapid motion of the jawbone. Accompanied by a consistent and rapid motion of the muscle called the tongue. It's called gossip. Amen. I could get to preaching the meddling on that one if I wanted, but the fact is, when people are in the church causing division and talking about this one and that one and the other one, that's the person you need to mark and say, "Hold it!" You need to go to that person and say, "Now look, gossip is sin. Gossip is wrong. Right here it says if you're going to be if you got enough time to gossip, you got enough time to go win somebody for Jesus." Yeah. If you like to run your trap, why don't you go out there and knock on some doors and tell people about Jesus instead of sitting there saying, uh, talk about Sister Sue. Quit talking about Sister Sue and get yourself out there win somebody. If your soap opera is so important, why don't you take a turn that off and use that few hours you've been watching on this, uh, watching as the stomach churns to go win somebody to Jesus. Think how many people you can win to Jesus taking just the time that you watch your sin operas. Amen. And all that stuff.
1: Outreach and give them a name of somebody you know in a cult group and have them send them a book.
0: Yeah. Amen. I mean, can you imagine, Danny. Was it take Ruth about what a couple hours for them stupid soaps? How long does it take to send a name? Shoot, you could have hundred names sent into MLM outreach in that time frame. Man, you could have, you could have this world turned upside down. You. could. You could have all these cult groups so mad they wouldn't know what the head was which way. Amen? But you know what? And just think about it. They could have something a lot more important. Now let me tell you something. It boils down to one simple factor. <laughs> Jesus loves every one of us. And when somebody backslides, he tells them to be brought back to him. But you bring that brother back not by ignoring him and treating him like a dog until he comes back and bows down to you. No, you need to talk to him, keep admonishing him. You can't admonish him if you're not talking to him. So you admonish him, and then when he finally comes to Christ, comes back and repents, then you can take him back. But until then, but the Bible says who they had to be. It didn't say nothing about the person who works over at the military just because it doesn't suit your organization. It didn't say nothing about just because it doesn't suit your organization because they they watched a uh, anti-Mormon movie. Hello? Just because they watch an anti-SDA movie doesn't mean that they're going to hell and you should shun them. The Bible says... The ones that you need to shun, the ones that you have to have, you're not supposed to eat your meals with, the ones that you're not supposed to keep company with. That You know what the word company means? It doesn't mean you don't talk to them, Amish people, SDAs, Mormons, Catholics, and all the rest of you. That means, when it says not to keep company, that means to take and have them invite them into your house and sit down for an afternoon tea and take eight hours and sit with them and gossip. That's what he's saying. He's saying, yeah, you could call them and see how they're doing and say, uh, uh, you know, I'm still praying for you to get back to Jesus. Or if you happen to pass them on the street, how are you doing? Have you considered coming back to the Lord? Jesus never had a problem with that. But he didn't say you invite them over for afternoon tea or take them to the restaurant. No, you're not supposed to do that. There is a fine line when it comes to the shunning. Now, this church believes in the shunning here. But let me tell you something. If I catch any rascal in the church shunning somebody just because something's stupid, just because, just because their ha- hair size or whether the woman's wearing jeans or something that's stupid, that has nothing to do with the Bible, let me know about it. Because I'm going to come down on that mess. This Bible says what they have to be. They're either a gossip, a fornicator, that means doing sex out of marriage, adultery, idolatry, which means they're worshiping a false god, which means what in the world are they doing in this church anyway, idolatry, railer, that means someone who's out there beating up on everybody physically, drunkard, that's painfully obvious, someone who's tipping a little too much, Something like that that would bring a reproach to Jesus, okay? What the Bible says, right that point, that that's when you have to say, oh, no, 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 no. No dice. But you still could say hi to them on the street. You treat them like a dog. I'm going to be coming after you for treating them like a dog. Amen. And just because somebody says, let's say Danny tomorrow would say, Kenny, I feel led to go over to such and such a church. Brother Danny, you go on. I still love you, and don't you forget to call me tomorrow night for Bible study. Because if you don't, I'm calling you. Amen. Yeah. I still love him, whether he goes to this church or, uh, or or eight other different churches where he wants to go, wherever God leads him. He's still a Christian. He doesn't lost his salvation just because he decided to fellowship somewhere else. God did not say in that Bible a name of a church that you had to go to to be saved. The only church you better belong to is the body of Christ, which is Jesus. Amen. Okay, and our final verse, our last section, Ruth, I do believe is in Galatians. Galatians 6, 1 and 2. And Danny will get to get over his gagging problems by reading the KJV here right tonight. He'll be our closer on the KJV. Okay? Okay. Our last set of scriptures that we need to look at because hello you Mormons, JWs, and all the rest, we got to take a look at what the Bible says. Amen. Because this is awful important. It ties in with what we just ended with in Thessalonians. This ties into it. Galatians six one and two.
1: <coughs> yeah. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault. Ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ.
0: Hello. Uh, Take a look at that one word, meekness. I want you to keep that in your mind as we look at these last couple sections. Ruthie, nasty witch's toilet for the last time tonight.
2: Okay, brothers. Even though a man takes some false step before he is aware of it, you who are spiritual qualifications try to readjust such a man in a spirit of mildness, as you each keep an eye on yourself for fear you also may be tempted. Go on carrying the burdens of one another and thus fulfill the law of the Christ.
0: Okay, come on, Danny. What's the SDA had to say on this?
1: Brothers, if one of your members is overcome by temptation, then let those who are more spiritually mature help to bring him back to the Lord, remembering that you too can be overcome by temptation, bear one another's burdens, and in and in this way
0: you'll be doing what Christ himself would do. Yeah. yeah get me a bucket. <coughs> Yucky. Hey, the King James had it right. They they, they sugar-coated the word in the NWT and the SDA Bible. They didn't even have it in there. It says you're supposed to do it in a, a spirit of meekness.
1: Yeah, but see with their Sabbath pride, where they 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 didn't put that in there. They wanted to be they wanted to be big shots.
0: Yeah. See the problem is with the Amish. The problem with the SDAs, Mormons, JWs, and all the others that use a harsh shunning practice is they forget. First off, why the person ended up in the uh, situation they are. They ended up that way because they're just like anyone else. They're sinners. And those folks who are doing the shunning, they forget that they could easily themselves fall into that same trap. So how about it tonight? You in this church, what do you think? You think you're above getting tempted? <laughs> well, you were just tempted right then if you thought that. You, 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 you were tempted more than I was because let me tell you something, I know I could. I could fall tonight. And if it weren't for Christ, I could be lost in sin and going straight to hell. But it's only Christ, only Christ, who, who helps me to keep myself on the straight and narrow. And He says, "Those of you that are more or less, those let's say in the Kenny version, uh, the version that a lot of the hip street version, let's say, those of you that are right with God, those of you that are." Right with the Lord and got your head screwed on spiritually. When you see somebody starting to slide, you don't snub your nose and go into them, Oh you dirty rotten sinner, you you're going straight to hell Hello, Mike Shibley. Hello, Mike Shibley. You don't stick your nose in people's face up in the air, sniff the devil's butt. No, the Bible says you do it in the spirit of meekness. Knowing that you yourself, you dirty, rotten rascal, you could easily fall as short as anyone else. Amen. You could. So when you see that person that's fallen, says sticking your nose in the air, what you need to realize is get your nose out of the air before God cuts it off, Pinocchio. Amen. God knows how to knock you down a peg or two. So tonight, let me ask you, where have you been shunning people? How have you been treating them when they've fallen? How have you been doing it? Have you been doing it this cult way of never speak to them, treat them like like a Russian or Japanese person that you're at war with? Or have you been at least loving them, treating them like a, family member, a cherished family member that has gone astray, someone that you don't like what they're doing, but yet you still want to love them. Well, if that's the way you're treating them, you're headed the right way. So the question isn't whether you approve what they do. The question is do you at least love that person enough to tell them the truth? And do you care enough about them to Show them you stand for God, but yet at the same time, you're not too good for them. Well, Lord, we want to thank you tonight, Lord, for the message. Lord, it's not a comfortable message to talk about because you don't hear preachers talking about it even in the so-called good churches. Because their shunning practice is just as similar to others that they call cults. But Lord, we want to be different. We want to do it your way. Your way, Lord, teaches us that when somebody's fallen into temptation and sin, that one, we go to them privately. Two, if they don't repent, then we go get some extra backup. We don't go gossiping about it before they've gotten a chance to repent. Number three, if then they don't listen to those witnesses, then take it to the church and then finally treat them with the shunning. But, Lord, you gave them a chance to repent all along the way. And even after they've been shunned, you've even given them the chance then to repent and come back. But then, Lord, while if they are in a shunned situation, we're not supposed to treat them like we're better than they are because we're just as much dirty, rotten dogs as they are. So, Lord, we ask right now that you would help us. Help us, Lord, to realize that without you, We could be in the same boat. So, Lord, help us. We ask now, Lord, you bless this invitation. In the name of Jesus, Amen.